Your suite is ready. Girl, we are in there. I am Beyonce Giselle Carter. Y'all welcome. Hey guys, welcome back to the Urban Suite. Tanya D. Of course, I'm Tanya D, aka Real Nigga, aka I am Queen T. My Marla. Lady M417 <laughs> on Instagram. I'm side eyeing the shit out of her right now. What do I do? What do I do? You did, friend. Oh, but yeah, Lady M417 on Instagram. Hi, y'all. Hey. And we have someone who is near and dear to our, our sweethearts. Um, we have none other than. Suser, other known as Success, also known as Mama Junior. Also known as Famous Ass Nigga, because I can't ever get him in in place. It makes me sick. (laughs) Watching him thrive, be like, wow. Suser. Hey, everybody. This is Success Junior, a.k.a. Mr. (laughs) Silly Fan, because I keep your mind spinning, a.k.a. Big Daddy. Forgot. Don't nobody call you that. No one's. They still don't call no, me that. No, no one, one calls, calls you that. Daddy. Nobody calls you that. I think I'm going to give up. I think I'm going to give up. I'm so glad to have you here. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yes. Since you've been in here. Um, I actually was going through my Instagram because I had like deleted like pretty much all of my pictures except for like 30 something. And you can archive them. And I ran across all of those old videos yes. of him coming in the studio with a robe, with oh, Michael Jackson sweater. That had me itching. Oh, my God. Oh. I loved Listen, it. I this, was like, I miss was, him. This is the Breakfast Club too. <laughs> Even if I get on the Breakfast Club, coming here is more. It's like, it's, it's home. Like, this is, the, I had to. We, we have a success, long time coming, guys. Success used to kill us. Long time in the coming. studios on the weekends because we never knew what we would get when success would walk in. Remember, there used to be like the glass that led into the hallway, yes. into the door, <laughs> and we'd just be setting up for the show. And this motherfucker just walk in wearing something outright. Like, why you got on red leather pants? Remember, he heat? came with the walkie talkies and shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What was I going through? I didn't even I don't know. know. But you came in with the walkie talkies, came in acting like Randall. Oh my God. Hey, this is Dr. Randall Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Dr. Randall Thompson. He hates my guts. He Dude, loves why? you. He did such a great job with he that. Loves why you. He hates my guts, right? So I'm sponsored by Med Plus Centers. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. And uh, every time I do promo, he, he always like drops a comment traitor. <laughs> Uncle Tom, like he, he, I'm like, bro, I'm waiting on you. Like, bring me to I your mean, side. Give, Shout out to Cairo Rand, I mean, man. Cairo Rand needs to give you a few billboards. No, like, I'm just like, saying, Med Plus gave you a billboard. Like, you know what I'm saying? Driving up and through, what is it, North Miami? Driving North into North Miami, Miami Beach. Beach. Yes. I say, hold up. What's the Chrissy Grimm like? Is that is that my friend on the bro? Billboard? The first time I saw it, first of all, when you have friends and their career just starts blasting off and it's almost like <laughs> it takes you by surprise too because for him to be on a billboard in north miami you you just not looking for that but no. you look up and you're like what the fuck yeah is, <laughs> is that wow well, I, I i i do but well they they did take it down the contract for the billboard was up That's but it was okay, there for a long time it was up there for damn near a year and um oh man i used to take like so many girls on dates to like the Carville ice cream shop that was right across from it. And then like I like I'll just be oh, driving yeah, and the I won't say anything. And it'll be like, Oh my gosh. And I'll be like, Oh yeah, that's Oh cool. that Oh, oh, they, oh they, they still got 
tied that up? That thing, oh, that old thing. Man, that, ain't, that ain't nothing. So, Sue said, let's get into it because I feel like so much has happened from the time that uh, you've been with us. And there's been such a, a developing change in you as a person, your your craft and, and all that you put into it. So let's like back it up for people who otherwise didn't know like your humble beginnings, right? Oh. <laughs> so humble because like we remember being in uh alan shout out to plus daddy shout out to nwo podcast yes um being in his apartment and kind of just chilling or you guys are having your creative spells and things like that like bring us back to that and what was your mind frame at that time you know what my mind frame is it's, it's kind of still the same like I, I really i try not to to feel I, I try not to put it in my head that, oh, my gosh, you elevated so much. Like, I, I, I always be like, okay, you did this. That's cool. But you still need to grind. I remember when you guys were in the apartment <laughs> right before the show. And then you guys uh, put up the – you guys helped me put the belt in my back for the belt yes. jokes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. That was that was surreal. But, I mean, all in all, it, it, it was great to uh, – it, it was – it's a great transition to to finally see a lot of your hard work turn into a success. Mm-hmm. And I remember you, Tanya, when me? you told me. I remember one time I was saying how I was telling you some video ideas, and you were saying, uh, "Well, won't you just drop them?" And I was like, "Yeah, but I'm I'm so scared. Like you know, like uh, it won't be as good and whatever." And you was just like, "Well, you just need to just keep posting, like keep shooting your shot." And then that's what I did, and and eventually, you know, Mama Junior was created. So you you do have a hand in me, um, I'm just so, not giving a. An I'm so F. humbled. I wanted I wanted to mention that I wanted to mention that today. So I I, I kept saying remember to mention because I still remember that conversation. Like you told me, you just gotta stop going for the home runs and just do like easy. Yeah, because you know, like he had so much great material. In this this photo gallery or wherever, he, you know, he kept his videos was, and stuff. A whole and, bunch of videos. And, and he's like, look, I have so many, but, like, what if I, I post it and, like, I don't get the likes? And what if I don't get the response? And I'm like, don't fucking worry about that. Just just put yeah. it out there and, like, like, people it, are like going to fuck with it, okay? They're going to fuck with it. You know what? That's what I learned. I learned that in this industry, especially uh, the comedic world, everyone has their own fans. Yeah. yeah. Like it doesn't matter what type of comedy, Correct. like Pee Wee Herman, yeah. uh, or or Mr. Beans, yeah. or like Mr. Beans doesn't say anything. Some people love that uh, that style of comedy, right? And some people love the whole, you know, yeah. Um, what's what's the word? Nostalgia, which is my type of comedy. Like I bring you back, yeah. So as far as Haitians, like to your yeah. childhood. Some people don't care about it. Some people love it. More people love it than hate it because yeah. it's like okay, I'm remembering growing up, and then some people like just the the the, the boot gangs and and, yeah. and pranks and everything. Yeah. When I seen other comedians, I'm like, ah, that's not gonna be funny, and like they're getting like they're going All out the of control, love. and I'm like, wait, hold All on. So that's how with this tour, I invited so many yes. style of comedians like uh, the Blex Flex. He's like he reminds me of a Mr. Beans. Like he. A lot of his videos, he doesn't say anything, but mm. it's it's the actions and and uh, and everything that he has in it, and and you know that's why I just try to put 
everybody. I just want to let everybody know that Marla has this expensive ass purse. No, I don't. I just want to stop it right there. And Marla just touch has it. An expensive, I don't even want to fully touch it because it's something I'm telling happened. you. You got insurance on it? I mean, you pay me well. Well, you say the tour. So let's talk about the tour. What's the name of the tour? Well, the tour How's is called the tour is called Coming Through America. Yeah. I want to make through. sure the through gets through because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> we don't want any type of copyright <laughs> you <know>? infringement. Um, <laughs> it it was it, actually I didn't even come up with a name. My uh, co-producer, co-writer, co-everything of the show, which is Plus Daddy, uh, he came up with the name Coming Through America. We were trying to go through names. Uh, it, it was originally everybody hates Jiwoff. Jiwoff is in English cloves. Clovers, clovers, the, the cloves, the you little know, the, oh that you put in food for flavors, yes. but it's, it's nasty when you bite into it. Yeah, so yes, I had it with the um the rice. Yes, so a lot of times when we're eating, because our mothers put so much they of it, it in their food. While it's good for flavor, when we always somebody always ends up chewing one by mistake, and it's uh, like the, it ruins the entire meal. So meal, you're a whole day. Your whole day. <laughs> so like everyone kind of, if you mention off to any Haitian kid, they be like, yeah. like it's, it's always the same reaction. But that was a problem for us, Haitian Haitian American kid. Yeah, yeah. So I called it. Everybody hates off and I thought we would relate. Yeah. But when I told it to somebody in like in Haiti, like my my Haitian manager uh, who's in Haiti. He was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't. Yeah. And I was like, ah, okay. I don't think he gets coming through America, but it, it, it's it was not, better than the other one. <laughs> it, it was definitely better than the other one. And, and it's and it's popping. Um, we we did. I think we're doing twelve to fifteen cities. We're still adding a few more cities that we didn't um look at. It's not like your traditional tour where you put out the the dates from like a year in advance. This was a tour that we were doing. As we go, we're like, okay, so Jacksonville won the show. We're right, going to go to Jacksonville. Yeah, we're going to go to Jacksonville. Mm, Boston okay. won the show. So we just added Boston like last month. We just added another Montreal show. Um, and same. the Mar- first one was insane. The first one was indeed insane. It, it was like we announced an encore at the show. Yeah. And then we sold 200 tickets at the show wow so these are 200 people that's coming back yeah so here's the thing that's so special about it because you know i'm haitian now yeah. i'm haitian by penetration you've been haitian for a while and right. i've been telling y'all this for a while um she make it ip- she making her own hello and everything i do she making wow. her own ippies and everything bad bitches do bad things so um <laughs> so like when i watch the videos it's like a part of me laughs because i i just know that all mothers read from the same handbook, right? All moms. I don't care what nationality, culture, mm-hmm. whatever. All moms do the same mom type shit. And the aggravation is equally the same. And so when I'm watching the videos, I mean, I chuckle because I know it's generally funny, but I don't always get it, right? Because yeah. the the language and the, it's in Creole or things like that. Yeah. But so I, I understand that when you may have used the other name, what was it? Zewalk. Everybody hates you off. Everybody hates you off. Mm-hmm. Um, although it is like your your comedy and your craft is geared towards like the uh, Haitian American experience and just growing up. Because even though like people like to say like the black experience, people talk about the black experience all the time. I think I talked about a few episodes ago mm-hmm. the black experience, which we just universally can experience if you're black. Period. Yeah. But within that, it's like 
this small community of the Haitian American experience that wasn't talked about for a long time. Yeah. Like you all went through it and you all knew the same shit. You didn't know you were literally having the same lives. Yeah. And I think that it really, what you're doing is really bridging that gap between one black Americans and Haitian Americans, because it's not just uh, Haitian Americans that are under the comments is laughing, enjoying it. Like black Americans are too, because again, well, there are a lot of non-Haitian Americans at the actual shows. Yeah. So the very first show, you remember I was on the very first show? very first show happened oh. August of last year. And yeah. it happened in the Little Haiti Culture Arts Center. Yeah. That was the very first show. And we didn't know what we was doing. We didn't know what we were doing. It was overly sold out. Oh, for everybody listening, Marla <laughs> is my stage manager. Uh, you see how we're all intertwined. We're yeah, all intertwined. Marla is my stage manager. Um, you've been my semi stage manager even before from like kind the of other for a while. with the Bluetooth. Yeah, explain what the Bluetooth is from that's the Bluetooth, but that's our secret. Yeah, so we knew automatically Marla had to come in. Uh, plus and I, we knew we had to have Marla as a stage manager. And Marla, we've had do you know this show is all over, right? Yeah. So we went different places some places marla didn't go like she mm-hmm. marla didn't go to the montreal marla didn't go to the new york and i'm not throwing shade to any to any other <laughs> people <laughs> but it's just that you, you know shady. marla marla just knows me marla know like marla would would fix stuff that i didn't even know needs fixing that i later on said i need to fix this like wait marla right. already had She's it 10 done. Steps like, ahead. she yeah. she knows me better than any other of my stage manager not saying that they didn't do well but marla's just marla's just marla. those are my people's marla's marla those are my stop y'all making me blush like she, like she brings me coffee right because because when i'm not in a good mood like i need to get hyper right so like next year like i got the coffee given to me i'm like wait I didn't want. I didn't know I wanted it yet. She's like, ten how steps did you? Ahead. I already know. I already see. Marla's always ten steps ahead. And I, I try love to her be. I try to be because with with the show, and I go back to the to the little Haiti show because we didn't know what we were doing. This was the oh, first time we were doing nothing. it, and the show was completely overly sold out. Like that was one of the few shows that we did not sell tickets at the door, mm-hmm. and we had people standing on the stairwells trying to see the show. It was so many people there, and. Um, I thought it was just gonna be Haitian Americans at the show. Mm-hmm. Haitians, there was some white people in there. White we had some Jamaicans in there. A little and mix. Every yeah. single joke hit. Like everybody was laughing. Everybody was on point. And the what I've loved about the show coming from last year August because it's going on a year. Yeah. August 29th, I think, right? Going on a year. Something like that. Yeah. So it's going on a year now, and every show has been a different experience. No matter what what even if it's the same cast it's always been a different experience and then we have had some people come in like one thing that i love that success has been able to do is he not only well they both have him and plus have not only made this lane for themselves but they've asked other people to come on this lane also so like paying it for it basically and like we had josh prey at the orlando show and he ended up going on stage and josh prey is a very funny um, comedian on he social is. media and From he's Facebook, American yeah and he's American and I'm we're standing on the sidelines I'm looking at stuff and he's like Marla I need five minutes on the stage and I'm joking around with him I'm like no you can get on stage five minutes after the show over and people are leaving like I'm joking <laughs> around but he's like no I need to get on stage give me one of plus spots give me one of the and I'm like okay fine and we ended up actually needing him that night 
off some random shit. Somebody broke a leg. At and the you show. <laughs> literally broke a leg. Broke and a you would have never Damn. known that he wasn't supposed to be part of that show. Like he just came in and like you know. Boston, we have Boston comedians that are going to be there. Montreal, there were Montreal comedians yeah. there. So um, the fact that they're able to bring all of these people on stage together mm-hmm. and it's a cohesive situation, it's just it's just a really great thing. And I tell you all the time how proud I am of you. Oh, and he's like, oh, don't Do worry I, about it. Like, I want to I ask you, and I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry, no, no, baby. you're fine. But I wanted to ask you, like, what was that moment where you're like, holy shit, I'm a big fucking deal? What was that moment? <laughs> I think I think uh, it was a being on Wyclef's shoulders. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know she always says that. Yeah. She always references I just that go, picture. What the fuck is he doing on Wyclef's yeah. shoulders? Neck. Like yeah. wh- how? How? So, so kind of just backtrack this for us because when I saw it, I was I just couldn't stop saying what the fuck. Well, so. well, we I met up with Wyclef. We we both were there was a comedy show for the Orlando Caribbean Festival. Um, I did, the comedy show was the day before, and I, I went to the comedy show and I found out he's going to be the headliner mm-hmm. uh, for the festival. And um, you know, through his sister, through Miss Wanda from the Union Suite, I was like, "Yo, I need to do." So I've been doing a video where my Haitian mother took up the job of doing Uber, um, and she just picks up random people. Mm-hmm. And so she was supposed to pick up White Clef. But when we did it, it just didn't really feel as funny. So I was like, yo, Clef, this is what well, he agreed and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then I told him in the car, like, yo, you know what we should do? We should make you my mom's favorite nephew. And uh, he was like, cool, I'm down. First of all, yeah. Clef is like, he's a legend. We all yes, know that. Yes, but please, he come on is now. down yeah. to earth. Like, he's hilarious. Like, I was, like, I have the entire footage of, like, us being in the car. It's like 12 minutes long. And then um, he was like, all right, let's do it. So we, we did the video. And then he was like, yeah, man, I really like what you're doing. And then I was like, yeah, man, I'm working on the project. He's like, man, I see, like, the Haitian community, they rally behind you yeah. mm-hmm. so well. And I was like, man, thank you, man. And and I'm working on this project called Trapped in a Doom. Yes. Trapped in a Doom, <laughs> in a Doom. was uh, the R. Kelly parody of Trapped in a Closet. Closet and then um, I showed it to him. I had the first three episodes. And he was like, yo, this is funny. Mm-hmm. He was like, man, listen, I'm going to be at the fest tomorrow. Let's link up. Matter of fact, I want you to come out as Mama Junior at the uh, festival. Yeah. I want you to, uh, I'm going to bring you out. And then, you know, we're, we're just going to hang out on stage. And I was like, all right, cool. The, day, the whole day goes by. I don't hear Clef. I don't see Clef at the festival. I'm like, damn. He so, ghosted me. <laughs> so then I'm in the corner. I was like, man, just put it on. So I put the Mama Junior thing on, which is just a blanket, wig, and glasses. Shit yes. makes me laugh. So <laughs> then I, I put it on, but I'm just standing in the corner. He pulls up in a motorcycle backstage with the whole, with the big crowd, the motorcycle. <laughs> I'm just like, he ain't never going to see me, nor am I going to be like, hey, remember and he me? not going to remember, yeah. So I'm just standing in the corner, and then uh, he went on stage. And I was like, if he sees me, he'll probably bring me out. If he don't, cool. Yeah. I have the video. I'm already here. Yeah. I wanted the video. Right. That's you what got I got that. This is a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then um so right before he start, he never looks at me. So then he says, Yo, 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 before I start, I want to bring my aunt out on stage. Then he looks around and he was like, Yo, he pushed security says, I want to bring my aunt out. I walk out. It was a crowd of six thousand people. Whoa. Went crazy. Wow. Oh my Goosebumps God. Goosebumps just filled my whole like... body. I'm like, uh and then my, blue. And then people who I know hated me. <laughs> was there and they didn't know I was coming up. So then uh when I when I walked on and then everybody, you know, 
clapping and everything. And he starts yeah. singing his his song. And then in the middle of his song, he was like, yo, he put his mic away. He's like, yo, stand up on this platform. I was like, oh, well, all right, cool. He was like, put your foot on my neck. <laughs> I said, you want me to put the whole foot? The whole, the whole leg? The so ball I, or the I foot? Put leg. And then, and then he was like, all right, put your other leg. Then he put me up on the thing, and then he and then he just walked towards the end of the stage in front of the big crowd, and then, like, he's jumping up and down. That's when I was like, nigga, you need to gain weight. And then <laughs> he's jumping up, and then I looked up. I'm like, I love you, God. Thank you so much. Like, and then I put my arms out. Like, in the video, like, you, if you if you go on my page, you'll see it. Yeah. Um, I put my arms out, and I was just, like, looking up in the sky, like, this is amazing. Like, I'm on Wyclef's neck. <laughs> In six front of thousand six thousand people, people. the world, because this is going to yeah. be everywhere. That did, it went crazy. It like, went crazy. My Haiti was just like, like oh they're, com- they're, they're yeah. sending me messages and everything, and then it was just like, it was it was great. And then I was so excited, and I, t- I went home. I told my mom, I was like, hey, hey, you know, I was on Wyclef, whatever. The first thing she said was, you didn't even wash your balls. Like you, had <laughs> you know. She said it in Korean. She was like, "Why me lave fuku?" Remember when I was like, "Why about the suku wike?" Suku wike. Clef have two fuku sons. Listen, Haitian parents don't give two flying fucks. They okay? don't. All they care about is how we're presented to the world and right. if it will look bad on them. I thought my mom would be ecstatic about the billboard. We went to church, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna uh, swing after by after church. I'm gonna swing by. I'm gonna show her." She get in the car, and then um, she usually leaves with my dad, and I go home. And then she was like, I was like, Mommy, come on. You, uh, just come with me. And then my dad was like, uh, where you are going? And then I was like, oh, I'm going to just take her somewhere. And I took her. And then um, we got there. <laughs> I parked right under, and I said, look. So she looked. And I'm thinking, she was like, oh, wow, congratulations. She said, mm. <laughs> That's all. Just mm, so like unimpressed. A, like six, unimpressed. They don't give seven a M's together. Mm. <laughs> and, then, and then she was like, I hope they get people from this promo. Like that that's what like she hopes that they do get It was worth it. Like it's I'm to like, have your face splattered on that. <laughs> my dad didn't say anything. He said, I saw your picture. That's all he That's said. All. They, it, don't, they don't care. That was in passing. Like, we're passing in the hallway. I think that... What do you have to do that helps drop? But you know, that's kind of like, an, that's like a, a motivation is to always try to over to try to impress our Haitian friends because they're not impressed by anything. Yeah. Nothing impresses them. That's so it's like it's kind of a motivation. to, yeah. And it's not even like you want to get a sense of, oh, God, you this is my son. You just want them to smile. You get a smile out of them, and that's it. We're, we're okay with the world. Yeah. But on that note, success has to go, being the busy man that he is, yes, the very is. famous individual that he is. Well, I got to tell y'all the time that not too long ago that my dad almost made me cry. Why? At my grandma's funeral. Oh, oh. It's not even what you think. What? So I'm at my grandma's funeral, and then, you know, afterwards they have the the, the little reception and the whatever. The reception. And then, um, you you know, you have family, you have people from all over. So now, you know, I have a name in in the Haitian community, so people seeing me and people... You know, they're like, wait, what are you doing? Like, you know, like it's not advertised. Hey, my my grandma's funeral today. So anyways. So strangers are there, so then... Old family members are there, or not family, family friends. And then uh, they were asked, they were talking to my dad, and I was about to leave. I said, hey, dad, I'm about to leave. And he was like, and then the guy was just like, hey, you look familiar. And then a lot of people tell me that. they People don't know me like, I'm snap your fingers famous. I heard a comedian say one time. I'm snap your, I'm like, people, oh, hey. <laughs> You, you. That, um. You put that blue around him, they'll recognize yeah, him. Once but the blue comes him on, regular, like, ah. 
but especially since you're a very unassuming person in public that's the other thing you don't draw any type of attention to yourself no, when you're I'm, in public I'm, i try to just be if you if you reckon usually people come up and my girl hates it she was like i'd be like like people come up to me hey you are you like a comedian online i'm like well, nah. i mean uh, depends on who you think i you know, am <laughs> maybe what's maybe. today yeah. One of those. That's that's me. <laughs> so then the guy was like, uh, yeah, I know you something. And then my dad put an arm around me. He was like, ah, oh, yeah, he's the one that does the Mama Junior thing. You probably Aww. seen him on Instagram, Aww. Facebook, whatever. My dad, I was like, nigga, who is you? Like, <laughs> they are know. you my dad? They know. They do, like me? They won't tell you that they're proud of you, but they'll tell everyone else. Like, come on, bro. Like, tell I never that. thought I would see my father when my brother started doing music because they were so against it, even though he went to college, got his degree, they were so against it. I never thought I would see my dad wear a press P hat out in the streets. My dad wears that hat everywhere he goes. People see my dad and they see the press P hat. <laughs> and it's like, we didn't think your dad, like somebody actually came up to me and was like, I didn't think your, your dad was really into his music and shit like that. I was like, yeah, he supports him. He wears his shirts. He wears the, he wears the hat. He tells people, Oh yeah, my son's doing music. He's doing really well. Stuff like, but to us, directly they're not gonna tell us they they now won't you tell know us. every parent i don't give a fuck who they are they go they love to brag okay they gotta yes, call they, they, they family from a long distance they gotta tell everybody what you're doing but you know with you it may not be good enough but you've done amazing we're so 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 proud oh, thank you and i look forward to what you have coming because i know that ideas are still going i know you still have a lot that you haven't presented to the public yet oh, child no. so i look forward to all of those things but most importantly we're just so proud of you like i said like at from that time what was that 2012 2013 don't don't age us <laughs> don't age us please but from, yeah, from I got that but it was, we you, got, know, you know what i, I have I'm, one though i have two Nah, I got a whole bunch. Like, I'm trying so hard. So my Wikipedia page is coming out. And I'm like, please, can you just omit my age and my birthday? Please? But I found know. out that it's all over. It's so, all over, yeah. No. Like, uh, you don't know. You heard this. He, you see how he just over. slid in. I got a Wikipedia page. Sir, you need to go. I will not be held responsible for you being late to your next meetings. Yes. yes. So please, thank you so much I, for I coming. I love you guys so much. Where can people coming find through you? America. Uh, you can find me on... Everything, success underscore JR. Uh, the tour dates and everything are on the page or they're on my Insta- on my my website. I'll success drop the next ones really quick. August 24th, we will be in Montreal. Yeah. September 21st, we will be in Boston. September yeah. 28th, we will be in... Where Tampa. are we going? Tampa, yes. We'll and October Tampa. 5th or 14th, one of them, is Atlanta. So we're securing that this week. So. I'm just finding out about Atlanta just now. Yeah, yeah I just found out about it yesterday. So that's how this tour <laughs> Y'all is. Y'all welcome. The, the tour is we're just adding as we go, if we can. Next year, we, we're going to have like all like, you know, throughout the year. We, we see, you know. I told him a few weeks ago, I can't wait till we take the tour to Haiti. That's December 20, uh, December 21st. Yeah. So y'all go get y'all tickets. Go get them now because they're selling the fuck out apparently. Yeah. And, yeah I think uh, Montreal look. almost done. Be there or be square, niggas. And, and y'all niggas. don't want to miss it. It is a great show. And I'm not just saying it because I'm very on diverse it. It's a great show. It's, it's a great, great show. show. It's I something think- for everyone. And I think everybody will enjoy it. You don't have to be Haitian um, to go to the show because the majority of the show is in English. So please yeah. come out and support. Just the ass whoopings in Creole. Oh, oh, yeah, oh mes amis. Thanks thank for you. coming, Success. Thank you guys so much, right. Urban Sweets. <laughs> And let's get into some good black ass news. Uh, black, y'all. 
and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm black. All right, so good blackout news. Um, I don't know if you heard about this. There is a new company called Mommy. It's M A H M E E. I have not. Okay, so this is a company that was started by a black woman. Her name is Melissa Hanna. She is the owner of Mommy and. Serena Williams and her investment firm are investing up to $3 million into this new startup. So as you know, Serena Williams has been very vocal about all of the complications and difficulties that she went through, not only while carrying her daughter, but also through her delivery and postpartum um, um, situation and the, dif- and the complications that she had that arose with that. And that kind of brought back to the forefront a lot of the conversation of black women not only some not even surviving childbirth, but a lot of complications that have been arising with black women and um, women of color after they give birth and as well as health concerns. And as you know, we have dealt with our own health concerns um, as black women. Ooh, Chile. Girl. So um, this company is, this startup is basically going to be centered around black women and their health concerns, not only in a pregnancy or post-pregnancy, but also general black women health. So part of what this company is going to provide, it's going to provide online resources that will include, that is not limited to, but will include group discussions with other mothers, medical providers. You will have medical provider info on, you know, doctors who specialize on the care of black women, as well as um, trained maternity coaches for those who do get pregnant and who will need the help. So other services will also include patient monitoring for um, for black women, as well as video calls with, with medical experts should they not be able to be with you really and stuff great. like that. So um, I'm going to very much keep an eye on that because I think this is an amazing thing. One of the things that, you know, Ty and I were literally just talking about it before the show started, how... You know, black women, we, I mean, we get the shit out of the stick for a lot of things, but when it comes to medical care in this country, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot because. I don't even uh, want to fucking talk about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't even want to get too in depth with it, but I think this is an amazing thing and I'm definitely going to keep watching that because, um, this is, this is drastically needed. Um, also good black ass news. Congratulations to Kia Patterson. Woo-hoo. She opened Compton's first black owned grocery store. Shout out to you, girl. And she seems to be a very young woman. I don't know what I don't know how old she is, and I'm not gonna guesstimate, but honey, because you know our black do With not black, crack. She could be 72. She could be 72 looking like she all of 27. Um, also congratulations to Nicholas Buama. It's I, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Nicholas is a seven-year-old young man and his first book was accepted into the library of congress you better get it now listen we have seasoned authors who don't have their books in the library of congress and here we have this beautiful seven-year-old black boy and his book was accepted into the library of congress so congratulations to you nicholas and congratulations to your parents because anytime Chirons is doing great things we have to acknowledge the parents or the parental forces in their lives because they are they are the driving force for these kids also good black ass news lion king came out last weekend savannah bag of peaches mama you done so, so, so Lion King did come out 
I did have a chance to go see it. I actually went and saw it opening night because that's who I am. Yeah, because that's who I am. I will say this. Visually, everything that they said about the film visually, they were spot on. It is a beautiful film. It is a very beautiful film. It is very... um, it is very Africa. It is very Serengeti. It is very wilderness safari. It is a very beautiful film. Um, they, I would say 95 to maybe 97% of the film is just like the original. Mm-hmm. Of course, they switched some stuff around. Um, they added a few things. They did change one of the songs, which I was not particularly happy about but I ain't gonna talk about it because some of y'all need to go watch it better yourself but I think the cast did a a really good job I will say this now that we're done with good black ass news let me get ratchet really quick um that's why we're here I have not been here for everyone tooting this film as Beyonce's film as if the Lion King was not already a masterpiece in itself for the last 25 years that it's been since so it's what released. you're saying exactly what i'm saying is i appreciate the fact that our black queen beyonce knows giselle knows carter mm-hmm. yes whispers hurricane whatever you call her i'm happy that she was a part of it because you know it's a new take on on the film it's now for the millennials and beyonce is a very prominent figure in our culture so it's nice that she's in the film however the film the movie was already its own thing before beyonce got involved on top of that y'all know good and god darn well beyonce giselle knows carter cannot fucking act so y'all not finna toot this as a beyonce movie okay stop that shit right now but but right now I am also grown enough to admit when I can be rash on certain decisions or stuff like that because I expected to go into this movie and absolutely hate Beyonce's acting because again Beyonce cannot act she is amazing at everything else but acting is just not for her honey you gonna have to give up that EGOT dream because you was not gonna get My girl but anyway anyway but anyways um she actually did much better than I thought she would in this movie so perhaps voice over work should be what she should focus on and not actual acting acting roles but in Tihu that on is the side, acting <laughs> whatever and, and let me backtrack and y'all added a few lines for Nala that didn't need to be added because she but that's alright that's alright cause it didn't fuck up with the story too much but I was here for it. Now, I would say this. If I hadn't seen, if I didn't already know the original Lion King, I would think this was like a really great film. But because I do know the original and I know it word for word, you can't recapture that. I mean, that was a that was a vital part of our youth. So right. but they did do a really great job. I would you know, and I'm and I'm proud of Disney because even with Aladdin, they they remade Aladdin. My biggest fear with Aladdin was that Did you see it? I didn't see all of it. I I had to step out of the movie, but most of it I did see. And they did a pretty good job with that as well. And the thing with Aladdin was my biggest concern was Robin Williams was so iconic as the genie. And Will Smith, I love him, but I was like, ugh. But he put his own spin on it. You get what I'm saying? And I'm I'm okay with y'all putting your own spin. People coming out with these re revamped versions of these classic movies and putting your own spin on it. Because I think that's what you should do. You should make it relevant to this day. And a lot of the jokes that were dropped in the movie this time around, they're very relevant to today. So I, I really appreciate it. It was a really great movie. And they did a great job. So kudos to Disney. I am waiting for that Mulan movie to come out because that shit looks like it's going to be... A serious problem. And let me just warn you niggas right now. 
that it's not going to be the exact Mulan movie. It's not going to be a fucking dragon no. because they have to uh, respect their culture. And so there is the original story of Mulan was a, a lot different than we Americans know it. And they did have to respect certain cultural things. Yes. So it's not going to be exactly that. Now let me back the fuck track to Beyonce oh, because Lord. that is my cousin and my cousin had to carry this on her fucking no, back. No, the fuck she did. Because if she did, she was not in this film, who was going to go fucking see it? Everybody who what appreciates other, people who know how to act. No. What other name, what other name would have drawn you to the theaters besides Beyonce? Listen. What People would have still went no, to see Beyonce. They would have no. still went to see Lion King. The reason why they put her in this project is because it had to do something that... This is 25 years old. I understand that. But I'm not here for people tooting it as Beyonce's movie. There's a difference. It's one thing though. It's not Beyonce's movie because there was Lion King before Beyonce. Now she's in it. Okay, fine. No, see, what we have to let go of is. You're never going to fucking get the Lion King from when we were children. That is over. You're never going to have I'm that okay feeling. With that. But I, I feel like generally this is why people feel like that. It's because, oh, well, you know, Beyonce, it ain't always about Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. It may not be all about Beyonce, but that's what was getting the the attention. She dropped an album, um, The Gift, because it's a fucking gift, guys. The album was great. Um, and we're going to talk about that video in a second. In a, in a second. She gave us visuals, okay? But again, there is nobody, in, even with the acting lines, and even if Beyonce is not the greatest actress, being a voiceover actor is still acting. So you're still giving her the acknowledgement. And again, like like you said, it's a new era and you're putting the new spin on everything and you had to, and there was no one else that would have been able to carry this in order for, to have people bring that. that in. I think there would have no. been other actresses or actors who could have carried the film if they would have, if they would have put other people in there because there have been other films. To no, come I'm saying that just really with good. the cast that they have now, even if they swapped Beyonce for some other female actress would you have been equally drawn in to go see it? I still it? would have gone to see it because I'm a fan of the film. I get it. They put her there to mm-hmm. draw the new the new actors. But what this I'm is saying what is, I'm saying. Which is fine. I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with her being in the film. I never said I had a problem with it. What I had a problem with was everybody acting like this was just her film. It's not just her film, which is what... Who is everybody? The whole timeline. That's all they've been talking about. Oh, I'm finna go see Beyonce movie. I'm finna go see Beyonce's movie. I'm gonna see Beyonce. Well, see, you it's have not to, Beyonce's you movie. You gotta take that with a grain of salt. And because that's fine. And I, did I not admit that I expected her to suck and she really actually didn't? She wasn't the best, but she didn't no, but suck. Listen, this is the thing. This is actually what's the, what the problem is because I think that we just generally like anecdotal you see a couple things on the timeline and and generally say that's everybody and that's not true and yeah there are going to be those Beyonce stands and they're going to dress like uh Coachella uh Beachella and they're going to do the whole Beyonce 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 thing she has stands and we all know that so we're taking this small demographic of her stands and saying everybody feels like that it's and I don't think that's true it's not a small demographic because Beyonce it does is. not have a small demographic I'm saying of, of people who say this is Beyonce everyone knows this is the Lion King okay and so taking into consideration because people are saying online it's Beyonce those are her fans we so you know can't- it's the Lion King I can no it has been I, it's been in constant conversation. It's been on the timeline. People have been saying, oh, this is the Beyonce movie. This is the Beyonce movie. I get I've it. I've seen no such thing. I get people thing. promoting it. I get people promoting the film and putting her 
and promoting it as if she's the lead of the film. That's one thing. But then there's the other thing where it's only focused on her. You have to admit, even all of the, the press that has come out as far as this film has been concerned has all been centered around her. Who else was it going to be centered around? Childish Gambino was in the film. James L. Jones came the back nigga on don't the even film. use deodorant. It doesn't James matter. James L. Jones is 88. Amaz- but Childish Gambino had an amazing year. He's been having an amazing year. So I'm not saying he's on the scale of a Beyonce, but he's also in the film. That's but he all wouldn't I'm have. He would not have put himself in front of the the screen. He would not have done the the photo shoots. He would not have do done the marketing. He's done it for all the other movies he's been in. He did it for for the Star Wars. Why movie. didn't he do it? Because they didn't ask, they may not have asked him, or he may I have done it, and those it. pictures are not there. No, you don't know that. But you don't know either. But that's what I'm saying. They have been promoting it as if it's her starring in the movie alone. She only has a small part. That's the other thing. Simba and Nala as adults, it's just a small part. It's not, it's what, maybe 10% of the movie, really, as them as adults. Majority of the movie is them as children. Um, so them as adults, even when they did it back then, it's just, it's a very small part, which is when I was telling you, I was like, when I saw it, yeah, Simba as an adult, Nala as an adult, whatever. It was just, they did, they did what they did. And it was great. But again, just like you said, they put her in the forefront. I just had an issue with them acting like she was the only person in the movie. That was just my issue with it. But enough about that. The album is great that. though. I strongly I love disagree. That's fine. You don't have to agree with me because you are a Beyonce stan. And while I stand Beyonce, I also am a realist. So, and I see it what it was. It Everything as far as press has been concerned, where this film has... You have the biggest artist and one of the I biggest movies that. in history. So it just... It's fine. I'm not saying it's not fine. What I'm saying is I just feel like she's not the only person in the film. That's just, that's all I'm saying. She was not the only person in the film. Well, no one says that. So the album is amazing. I think the album, I think Beyonce did a great job curating the album because anytime I love African music, I love African infused music. um, And anytime an American artist can infuse African music and present it to an American audience in a very cohesive manner, I think it's a great job. I have a few songs that that I play on repeat, but... um, I love the song, the visuals for spirit. I don't like that spirit song. I don't know why I don't like it. It's just, but the visuals for it make up for it for me. But I'm not a fan of the actual song itself. And I ain't like that they put it in the movie either because I felt like that could have been another song in that place where they played it. But that's it. Child, I'm going to read y'all verse three of Mood Forever. Oh, God. I'm so unbothered. I'm so unbothered. Y'all be so pressed while I'm raising daughters. Sons of empires, y'all make me chuckle. Stay in your struggle, crystal blue water. Bitch, she's on vacation. While you're struggling and stressing at the cubicle at your call center, picking up those calls, she's raising her daughters, okay, with crystal blue waters. I continue. Pina Colada and you stay in Ramada in. Oh, girl. My baby father, Bloodline Rwanda, why would you try me? Why would you bother? I am Beyonce. Giselle knows Carter. I am the Nala, Sister Naruba, Osun, Queen Sheba. I am the mother, uncle, my gold chain, ice on my whole chain. I be like soul food. I am a homo, bitch. I love when Beyonce gets to the point where she's like, let me just stop y'all right the fuck now, remind you of who I am. And what I do. 
and where I come from. Do we really need a reminder, though? Sometimes you do, because Beyonce does a great job. No, no, no. Beyonce doesn't talk her shit. Beyonce drop a picture. Beyonce give us visuals. Beyonce does not go on the interwebs and talk her shit. She does not put a note on the Instagram of her feelings that day. She don't go on Snapchat and, you know, be passive aggressive. Miss Girl has no communication with the girls, okay? She has no communication. So when she does have an opportunity to read our asses and tell us, remind us how broke we are <laughs> and how amazing she is. I like it because everybody gets to talk their shit about her, her husband. And I remember, and I wrote you guys names down who was talking shit about blue Ivy when she was younger. Okay. I remember y'all yeah, I niggas and I wrote y'all names down. I was never a fan of that. Like, but she never gets to talk her shit. She just lets that she shit is. come in visuals. Blue Ivy is the star of that video. They gave her a sweet little lace, gave us visuals. Was it? Yes, they did. <laughs> I thought they just tinted her hair. <laughs> you thought all of that was her hair? No, I thought they just tinted her hair that color. Oh, no, boo. Not in actuality, but visually. No. They, they did it. Blue Ivy walked in there like, I need the best. So they gave it to her. <laughs> I am the star. <laughs> it is a beautiful video, though. It is a very beautiful. I just don't like the song. It's like her voice is amazing as usual. I, I just like don't. It. I just I don't know why I don't like the song. It's not that I hate it, but I, I don't know why I just don't like the actual song itself. I actually heard the song prior it. to seeing the visuals and then I saw the visuals. And I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. It is it's a beautiful visuals. Um, I mean, we what I mean, Beyonce does not fail at that. Like that's that's her. That's her Ooh, thing. God. Like you can't really top Beyonce visuals. Also. Like, Shout out to Thick Beyonce. Yes, I'm here for Thick Beyonce. People were complaining about Thick Beyonce. Why? Again, again, everybody gets to put their comments, their two cents, and all that other shit, and Miss Girl says nothing about it. She says nothing about it until she get a song like that and remind you, hoes. But, no, people are like that. If you're in the spotlight, nigga, you gain seven pounds, people notice, they're going to call you a fat ass. You you lose too much weight, they're going to call you a drug addict like there's no winning and losing being in the, the public eye and i think she does Sometimes it very in well life period there's no winning and losing well if we missed out on any good black we ass did news, <laughs> or if you are any good black ass news and would like to be featured in our good black ass news yes. segment lord i can't talk please send us an email at urban sweet talk podcast at gmail.com um you can follow us on all of our social media as well you can send us a dm please do not be creepy because i delete those and yeah, and we will feature you or we'll have you come on the show because hey. we are here for our people. What's up? This is almost good black ass news. Oh, I know it's a little delayed, but uh, Sir Eddie Murphy oh. is in negotiations with the stand up. I was kind of waiting for that to be final before I, I brought that I up. I still even like the idea because, because I'm one, I want it. I, I, you know what? I love the idea because I feel like w- the, the game's been missing, Eddie. We, we've needed an Eddie Murphy. Um, stand up for quite some time and I kind of honestly I kind of thought that I kind of expected this to be happening for him because you know they're revamping well you know they're coming back out they're revamping coming to America so I kind of expected okay so you got a movie coming out I kind of expected him to kind of eventually hit the stage again because stand-ups are big deals right now like Mm -hmm. they're a huge deal I just hope what if he pulls a stunt like um, Chappelle and already has like shit in the vault, which I'm sure he does um, and sells that back to, to Netflix. I don't know. I mean, you don't really hear about him on any tours. Did we hear about Chappelle on tour when he dropped those two? The first two? The we, third one he did 
recent, but the first two he had sitting in a vault for a while. We didn't hear about those. I don't think that Eddie does stand up on the regular like a um, a Dave Chappelle or a Chris Rock. I don't think, you know, once he started making that movie money, um, that Dr. Doolittle money, nigga, mm -hmm. I don't think he was still in that arena. But I'm really interested to see because I want... I won't, I'm not going to say it. Let me, let me get out of this because I was about to say I want raw, right? But again, we can't get raw. times have changed. Times have and changed. we got to get over this. I want to talk about that too. We got to get over the um, clinging to nostalgia because we're so afraid to move forward. And I'm going to talk about fear well, later. Well, is it but that we're afraid to move yes. forward? Yes. Sometimes I think clinging to nostalgia makes us remember how things were because this time is so fucked up too. But that's, that's what I'm saying. You're trying to avoid reality. And cling to this part that you will never have again. Or maybe break from reality for a little bit because you can only avoid can, it for so long. You can break from reality doing a multitude of things, but to specifically kind of keen on history, not history, but keen on like how you grew up. And when we grew up, it was like this. Like recently there was a um, video of this father beating his daughter. She's 12 years old. He found out she has sex and he beat her uh, with a belt. And, to me, it wasn't like a terrible ass whooping. It looked like a regular ass whooping. I have seen plenty times. But Probably gotten a few times yourself. I've only had like two whoopings in my whole life. <laughs> Stern talking twos was all it I was needed. was all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, he was beating her and he was basically saying, oh, you want to be a hoe? You want to be a hoe? And he was beating her. And so now everybody is like on two ends of the spectrum where they're saying, um, one, oh, I don't think this right and you shouldn't beat kids anymore and you should talk to them and you should take them to therapy and you should figure out why they're having sex and, you know, figure out what's going on psychologically or emotionally um, before you result to beating them, you know, and then you have the other people like, man, beat they ass. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to talk about it because it's, it's a little strange that, and it goes back to the nostalgia thing of, well, I got my ass beat and, and, it, and I'm And it turned fine. out great. But, I mean, yeah, I get it. Times change and you can't, what what fit back then don't necessarily fit now um, with a lot of different things, not just with parenting. But that's just like um, a few weeks ago, Hilary Duff, um, the little beige actress girl, she just pierced her eight-month-old daughter's ears. Mm -hmm. And people were calling it child abuse mm -hmm. because she pierced her daughter's ears. Mm -hmm. Even went so far as to be like, you did that without the consent of the child. Like you should not. What you wanted that baby to say. Exactly. And then there was the whole, and then there, which brought up another conversation of, you can't say my body, my choice. Somebody, somebody actually posted this. You can't say my body, my choice, but then you're, you're um, circumcising your sons um, right. when they're born. And that turned into a whole nother conversation. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is what we've come to. That's all about peelbacks. Kim. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, let's let's talk um, about the news. But no, but just back. just in that video, like in particular, and like I was on the Twitter machine. Guys, follow me on the Twitter at I am Queen T. That's Queen with the W. But I'm watching the video, and it's, it's like it was a couple conversations happening. One of the conversations was the males on my timeline going, "I would never probably put my hands on my daughter." Not that she don't deserve an ass whooping. Like, the mama could do it. But I just don't see myself beating my daughter. My dad never beat us. I think my dad yeah, like, ever beat me never got a whooping by my dad either. time. And I don't think it was with a belt. Because my dad was such a firm presence that, like you said, the stern, the stern talking <laughs> was it. enough. 
my dad never, he wasn't our disciplinarian in that sense. My mother was. So my mother fling a shoe at us, whatever. I mean, I still feel where she, where she fling a, a, a flip flop at me because I talk slick. And I still feel it on my thigh till this day. God like, forbid you grab the belt like my dumb ass. Girl, like I, when the rain about to come in, I feel it on my thigh. Like I feel when she hit, when she hit me with that. You'd be like, oh, it is kind of cloudy outside. <laughs> Like, she was clear across the room. I don't know how she heard me under my breath. But see. But she flinged it. It's but. only now where we're older. The times have changed. Yeah. People are more informed about more things, yes. about ourselves, about mental health. Um, it's becoming a very prevalent thing in society about mental health. And it's only now. now when I say now, I mean, like, the past, like, four to five years, yeah. maybe. Solid four to five years. Where yeah. we kind of was like, oh, that was problematic. Oh, oh, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't realize. realize. Yeah. And then we now we can maneuver a little bit more differently or now it's only now where we are exposed to educational tools to help us with ourselves. Well, do you think that it also causes an overexposure to things also? Yes, because it does. For example, Tyrese really Tyrese now cannot post pictures of his daughter, right? Right. Um he has a court order. So her birthday was recently, so he's been he posted a tribute to her, but he had her face blurred out of all the pictures. There's a picture of them laying in the grass and she's laying on her dad and people over-sexualized that picture so much. Right. And I was like, so a daughter and her father. Just chilling. Just chilling in the grass. Mm-hmm. This is problematic You know now. what it is? I think that people have been so traumatized by either their own childhood, things that they have been around. Yeah. And the trauma that has happened to them. And now that they are adults. It's manifesting. They're looking back going, that's what I should have said was wrong. But I didn't know because that that similar thing could have happened to them where yeah. they may have laid on a male's body or had some contact and felt uncomfortable or was sexually assaulted. And so every every and not even not even if it didn't happen to them. Yeah. Um, you see it so much in yeah, television because I, I feel like everything I feel like it's so it's so pre- like you said, it's so prevalent and it's become such this big thing. That overexposure to it is, I think, sometimes it causes us to see things that... Overanalyze. Yeah, yeah we're overanalyzing and we're seeing things that are not necessarily there because we, we, we're we so... It's so... It's, it's it's in your face. It's in your face so much. And it's like, okay, things that would seem innocent are not innocent anymore. It's basically like the Adam and Eve thing. We know we're naked now, guys. Everybody knows that they're naked now. So now nobody knows how to deal with it or they're not dealing with it in the right way. Or even if they may... They, if they can't deal with it for themselves, they're gonna. I'm gonna look at your situation and automatically dump all my anecdotal. That's on what you. I mean by that. You see one thing and you just kind of generally diagnose it with this thing, and it's like even watching that video of the abuse, and we've watched it before, like over the years, just videos of parents either doing things to embarrass their children and putting it on camera and putting it on socials yeah. and things like that. So I'm very anti that. I'm very anti embarrassing your child on a global scale. Yes. But as far as disciplining, personally, like, I don't have any children. Marla doesn't have any children. But, like, honestly, I think that there's a balance. I agree. So while I might not beat your ass, I will pow-pow you. I need you to know that there are consequences. To your actions. Um, And not that I need to beat your ass every time you do every little thing. Also, parents, I don't understand parents who are always yelling at their children. One person tweeted, oh, my mama used to call, so y'all mamas didn't call y'all bitches and hoes. No. Hell no. 
No, I'm an this. adult. My mother don't call me a bitch or a hoe. Excuse me? And we talk pretty free, my mama and I. Like somebody off the street? No, my mother doesn't talk to me that way. But that was how that person grew up. And she only now is going, oh, y'all didn't grow up like that? Oh, your mama didn't do that? And that's what I'm saying. It's only now where we're looking back and saying, oh, maybe this wasn't the best situation. Yeah. Or maybe I want, okay, well, I got my ass beat too much. Yeah. And so now when I have children, I'm not going to lay a hand on them because I know what that's like. That was trauma But all you, yeah. children, you have to understand your child to know what you can and cannot do. And like... Everybody wants to raise other people's children. And sometimes even I have to take a step back where I'm judging from the outside. And I I'm go, an this is not my kids. I'm an auntie forever. Bro, and I have to take a step back and be like, not yeah, my kids. these ain't my kids. Even online. Like, this is a little boy named Lil James. He be like, on life, mama. On life. That's, on, that's my girl, mama, on life. <laughs> this nigga is five years old. And so I'm looking in the comments and. And people are going, uh-uh, that's not cute. He too grown. I wouldn't be, a, I would have escorted him to the bathroom and straightened him. I'm like, that's not your fucking child. Mm -mm. And I bet your fucking child is doing something 10 Way times worse. worse. Probably cussing your ass the fuck out. We have to stop this um, diagnose, self-diagnosing everything in every situation and overanalyzing every single thing. Every single thing doesn't need to be a think piece. It doesn't need to be... Um, unpacked and we need to get to the root and like no just stop exposing yourself to things that you don't fucking agree with if you don't like it scroll past it but having to put your two your two cents and needing to comment and oh i wouldn't do this and this wouldn't look these are other people's situations and let that be as and far honestly, as you and your situation you get your shit together and when you have children or if you have children you do the best by them yeah and honestly Raising kids, there is no um, manual for that. Like, and especially with children, because you can have two kids in the house, and one child you probably would never have to give a, even a pow pow to. Right. And then you have another one that you you got to call that bitch up because it's just parenting is one of those things. It's not a generalized thing. Right. It, with each child, you have to parent each child different. And I and it's now as an adult, I kind of realize how certain things I would get mad about as when I was younger because I have a sister and a brother that come after me. I would see like certain things that they may have gotten away with or even some stuff that I got away with that they necessarily didn't get away with. And then it wasn't until as an adult that I realized that our parents kind of had to parent us a little bit differently because we're three very distinct personalities. We're mm -hmm. three very different people. And kids start to show their personalities very early on. My niece is six years old and she scares me on a daily basis at how amazing she is and because all of this personality comes out of this tiny little person right. on a daily basis. And you don't know what you're going to get with her from one day to the next because she might wake up this morning and decide, I'm a princess and I'm not addressing you peasants. Or the next day she's the model child or whatever the model child is. So, you know, parenting is one of those things that it's not what works for you ain't going to work for me. Right. What works for her ain't going to work for him. So, um, but yeah, I feel like parenting has been like the big thing the last couple of weeks. Because look at the the clip that came out with China and her mom. Whew. That was, you know what? That was disturbing to watch. Back to this, what I just said. Just mother, like, bitches and hoes. That was so disturbing to watch. But and that's what I'm saying. China is 30 now. And you see how she was responding to her. And I don't know what happens with certain females that have daughters that look at their daughters as competition. And... Black China's mother, um, Tokyo, uh, Tonio, um, Japan. Sorry. 
she looks at her daughter as competition. She looks at her as if she should um, uphold a certain lifestyle for her. She makes her feel so in like she's so entitled to uh, what China has built and what she has worked for yes. on the strength of I'm your mama, and that's not fucking enough. Sometimes your mother can be fucking toxic, guys. Sometimes that can fucking happen, and the same way that you have to. Uh, sever those relationships with certain people. With boyfriends, I don't feel like that's limited to your parents, and I know that's probably harsh to say, or but your it's, family. True. It's, the, it's the truth. Because, though. and honestly, your family can be the core reasons of why you have the insecurities that you do. Families think that it's okay to talk to you a certain way in front of, like when you were younger, mm-hmm. criticize your body. Uh, talk about certain things yeah. uh, in front of you, embarrass you, um, or constantly feel the need to embarrass you or belittle you to make you feel like you ain't shit. Like a lot of people come from those families where all of the negativity and pressure comes from the bloodline. So when they deal with anybody else outside of their family, sometimes they are, uh, you know, fucking rigid. And mm-hmm. sometimes they have all of these quirks and things about them because they've been so fucking traumatized and sometimes just beat on by their families, by their mothers. And a lot of that comes from just even their childhood being fucked up. But again, everybody gets to a certain age where it's like you cannot use that crutch anymore. You cannot say, oh, well, this happened and this is why I'm doing this. Oh, well, I only do this because this happened in my past. No, you have to own your shit. But when you own it, you got to change it. I'm like this because I have mommy issues and I have daddy issues. No, bitch. You know, I was right. No, after a certain time, when you start, especially when you get to the age where you're starting to think about starting your own family and cultivating your own life, you kind of have to look at what you want to take into that life with you and you know breaking generational curses has been like an ongoing theme in our this last wave of 80s babies like this has been like a big theme in our in our adulthood especially as we're entering our 30s some of us are well into it but um we've all been saying we want to break generational curses we want to break generational that's not just wealth that's not just financially Mm -hmm. driven that's also emotionally driven that's mentally driven like you know, our parents dealt with their traumas. Their parents dealt with their traumas. You know, just, you know, as black people, for example, slavery wasn't that far away. Civil rights was not that far away. So I they have their own. The time. My mama picked cotton. Yes. My mother. Your my mother. mother. She's 61. My mother picked cotton. Maybe not for a slave owner, but it was a white owner. Yeah. So that was not that far away. So, of course, they have their traumas that they had to deal with. And while we may not necessarily agree with how they handled how whatever they went through, they did what they could however they they thought that they they could do it now we're older we can look back and see oh you know what this was not necessarily the best way to handle it we have the resources and now we have more resources mm-hmm. we have the the world wide web right we have a lot more resources there are a lot more therapists in 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 our area now before than there was before before you would have to go to a different place to see someone now they're they're literally up the street so we we have a way we have the opportunity to be better than what our parents were or to function better than how our parents or to deal quote unquote better than how our parents were able to deal. And, um, it's just, it's just one of those things that now because social media is so huge, um, and it's so invasive, it's like 
everybody's an open wound right now. It's like everything is an open Ooh, wound. Oh, child, this is right a now. cesspool of pain that's on social media. Now we can know how we got here. We were such in a good mood early. <laughs> but but now that we're here, I want to talk about fear. Didn't mean to rhyme, but I do it every time. This anyway, um, no, I want to talk about fear and like just the beginning of the show when we uh, when success was talking and he was talking about how. Um, he was, you know, ba- you know, back a few years ago and he had all of this content that he could have put out, but he was just um, afraid yeah. that it wasn't going to be accepted. It wasn't going to be liked. He wasn't going to get the the acknowledgement or, or people weren't going to fuck with it. And I was even I was just looking at him like, are you fucking nuts? <laughs> like you have the shit, you know, to take your craft wherever you want to go. Yeah. And. I want to talk about just how crippling fear is. Um, Even being in this field and doing podcasts and whatever, fear can take over a lot um, if you do have a craft. And even if you don't, like on a... In everyday life. Everyday life. Just um, exchanges with your boss or maybe you didn't like the way that your boss says something to you and you're you're afraid of losing your job or you're afraid of what they may say or you're afraid of this that and the other where you don't move and there are so many you know times in our lives where life is pushing us to move and to change and to to be better and we resist because we we fear change we don't know what that comes with and that's why i said we have a problem with holding on to nostalgia um even Hollywood, Hollywood want to go dig up all these fucking movies, the mermaid, the fucking lion King, beauty and the beast. Um, anything that they can dig up. That's going to dredge up this feeling of good feeling because we, a lot of people associate nostalgia with just things you loved. Um, when you think of just, I'll say, think of 1999, your, the music that's out, the, the clothes, the phones, all that. We were all afraid that when the, when the clock, struck midnight on new year's eve 1999 oh. we thought the world, gonna end. the world was gonna end like they were like oh go to the bank pull out money right. do this and that like you know um make sure you have food because all the computers are gonna shut down in the Abby, world the computer doesn't even know how to read 2000 doesn't know how to read 2000 so when it so when the clock strikes midnight at on 1999 it's going to reset at zero so the world is literally gonna go black and all this other shit was Fear. gonna happen so people were so afraid meanwhile I think I was fucking somebody in the backseat of... Anyway, but that... New 99? Year's Eve, I had to, New Year's Eve, yes. I think I was. Ma'am. I think I was. Was I? No, I wasn't. Anywho. Um, I'm thinking about another New Year's. Ass. I'm thinking about another New Year's Eve. Sorry, I got it confused. But anyway, but I remember... That's what I remember the most out of 1999 was the fact that everybody thought that the millennium... Oh, my God. It's going to be 2000. The millennium is coming. This is Fair. when the world's going to end. And all this... And all this craziness, but um, fear is crippling. Um, and sometimes we don't realize just how crippling it is or how much of an effect it has mm-hmm. because you don't always um, associate a decision that you make with fear because we also are very good as humans. We're also very good at talking ourselves out of certain situations, right? Um, because um, like for myself, I'm, I'm, I'm a logical person, but... Sometimes if I'm 
afraid to do something, I will come up with all of these logical reasons why Mm -hmm. it wouldn't work in my best interest to do certain things or it would. And sometimes it's not even that deep. Sometimes it's just, okay, just take the leap and keep it moving. Um, But again, our overanalyzing, our overanalyzing things and over trying to unpack everything and, and make it to try to make it make sense. Not everything is required to make sense at the time. Sometimes you have to do things in order for it to make sense after the fact, which is something that I've learned and which is why I've been trying to be better at navigating through certain situations. But uh, at the time, you don't realize it's fear that's driving you because you don't want it. You don't want to say, oh, damn, I'm scared. You never want to say you're scared. Nobody wants to say that because one, we have too much pride. We never want to be like, oh, I'm afraid to do this. Oh, I'm afraid to date this person. I'm afraid to take this job. What if I fail? What if I this? What if I, because then, you know, you don't want to be like, because when you, when you say you're afraid, that's associated with you a wuss or you a Mm -hmm. pussy or you weak, you Mm -hmm. soft, you whatever. And nobody wants to be there. Right. Why would you want to be there? So rather than do that and I fail or whatever, let me just. Let me just let me just stay right here. Let me just right here where it's safe, where I'm good, where I know I'm good, and I'm gonna just be all right. Like fear, <laughs> there is no love and hate. It's love and fear. There's only two things. You know what I'm saying? And with fear, fear has put us in a place where spiritually it can put you in a place. Fear, because people say it. Only thing I fear is God. Um and it it makes you wonder, like why would why should you have to fear that? Yeah, um, fear they your don't understand fear it. your parents. And you don't understand God, so you fear what you don't understand. You fear what you don't understand. That's why so we have the homophobia and the everything. all the other, all the phobias, phobia, phobia. It will phobia. keep you in your box. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And um, even people who are spiritual and and they're afraid to kind of live life or do things because it's oh that's not in the word and fear, 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 and that goes with politics. Um, with with a lot of things that it goes hand in hand with our everyday lives, but we never fucking talk about it because it's probably just too uncomfortable to shine light specifically on a the, key issue the core root that everyone of the issue. is dealing yeah. with. And when I say fear, I mean it's it's as small as oh, I don't want to text them first because I don't want to seem like I'm more I'm interested than or them. I'm desperate. I don't or I'm like dead. double texting. All of that is fear based, and just who the fuck would we be? And that's why we are so gravitated to celebrities. That's why we're so gravitated to a Will Smith or somebody like that because to us they seem fearless. They go out. They they've pursued a career. They've uh, you know, taking advantage of Operative opportunities. Seem. Seem. Yes. And so um, Will and Jada, I love them, but they do a great fucking job at, at really kind of opening opening that communication and going, yeah, we are famous. We have money. Yes, we know who we are, but we still fear shit. And that's why Will Smith would jump in Grand Canyon and do all kind of crazy <laughs> shit. I don't because, know if I'm going to go that far. But I feel like I would. I feel like, <laughs> no, because... Everything that you fear keeps you in a box and you learn fear very young. What I'm saying is I'm af- I'm afraid of heights. As many times as I've been on a plane, as many high rise buildings. It so how are you going to get past that? It still freaks me the fuck out to do that. What I'm saying is I don't think I would go as far as to jump out of a plane in the Grand Canyon. I just feel like that's too much to take on at one time. I might jump out of a plane here and um, not Opelika. I don't want to fall in Opelika. Okay. But maybe. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but maybe up. Somebody might not get you for a while. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> but, 
but no, I but think, I do, yeah. but I do understand why he. Every time I get on a plane, like I have to go get it on a plane next month, right? I am deathly afraid of heights. Every time I get on a plane, why? Because I feel like I'm not supposed to be up there. <laughs> I feel like if the Lord wanted me up there, he would have given me wings. I'm the same way if I'm in an elevator, like, you know, the glass elevators mm-hmm. that show you the outside as you go up. That shit freaks me out. But I have to, what I've learned to do is monitor my breathing so I don't go into a panic. Um, because, but but then I'm I'm like, okay, well, if I fall out, I'm probably going to pass out before I hit the ground anyway. That's just, that's just my thinking on it at that point. Okay, Ooh, I have to get on this plane. <laughs> But that's the but the, in my mind that's the better of two evils because it's one thing to be awake and see the ground coming at you, but it's a whole nother thing if you already done, you done lost oxygen and you pass out. I'm not gonna feel it anyway, so it is what it is. You get what I'm saying? But every time the plane goes up and the incline takeoff is always the worst for me. What is something on a smaller level that you struggle with as far as fear? Um, on a much smaller level, I don't know. Let me see, because most of my fears like um. I mean, I have a sense of not ever wanting to fail or being a failure. Fear of failure, FOF. Yeah, FOF, fear of failure, which is why um, even at work, I'm very meticulous about things. You see, like Success was saying, I'll give him things before he knows. I'm like on, because I don't want, my fear is, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want anything, like everything has to be in line. Like I'm trying, my my thing is I try to see the issues coming before they get here because I don't want any issues whatsoever. In a perfect world, I don't want any issues Nostradamus. So you... you In a perfect world. Okay. <laughs> In reality, I know that's not the case. Yeah. But my thinking is, is with anything that I do is, okay, what possible thing that I can control that I could prevent from happening? Because I don't want anything to to cause this to call to to go awry and it was my fault you get what i'm saying because then i see that as a failure on my part does that make you feel like like when things are not necessarily in order is it disruption inside of you like to be honest yes but i have learned to manage that very well how because um it used to give me like a sense of anxiety and it would be bad anxiety, like, like don't disrupt how I work. Because I have a way that I work. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a way mm-hmm. that they work. But it got to a point for me where it was like if I wasn't giving myself any room for error whatsoever. And you can't be like that because the world is not perfect. Right. Shit will fuck up. And I had to, once I learned to accept that shit will fuck up and I can, the most I can do is just do my best. Um. So, which is why I sent the quote that I sent you earlier this week, Um. the one uh, I must remember to breathe. Mm-hmm. Once you start with just breathe, everything will be fine. You then you whatever, because that's where the anxiety was coming from. Because to me, the world stopped. I would stop breathing, and then the anxiety, the panic would come in or whatever. And then I would realize, you know, Marley, you freaking out for no reason. You need to calm down. And then I breathe. You get back into it, and I get back into it, and I just try to adjust. Before you couldn't put a paper in my area, and it would it would disrupt me. Now, I work around it. I've learned to work around certain situations. Like for me personally, like fear, I struggle with that in a sense of, okay, so I'll be honest, like with the show, I, I fear putting myself out there more. And that's only because 
I am not equipped to deal with everything else that follows with being really, really in a spotlight and just the criticism and all the stuff. And as much as you like to say that you don't care what people think, whatever. We do. A timeline of people caring about what the fuck you're doing is going to make you feel a way. I don't care who you are. And so with me, with the show, and I struggled with that for a long time, even being a creative, period. Um, and, and my creators know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. That fear that's like paralyzing, where you just literally won't move out of fear. Like success literally was not going to move yeah. because of the fear. And the fear is normally attributed to how people perceive you. It's always. And then it's always because as creatives, we put our everything into into our craft right? right um best way to describe it artists um they put and they sensitive about into, their shit they sensitive <laughs> about their shit but they put everything into onto that canvas right only to do a gallery showing and the critics be like this is a piece of shit right right and it could be and it could be like the most magnificent drawing you've ever done and then here goes somebody they just splatter yellow paint on a piece of paper and people think that that's art meanwhile you done put your whole life into this one drawing that you created but then somebody just flickered paint by accident and here it goes there is a theory i could have made it up or i could have read it i don't know but i think it Let's say that's like this is why to me I think that celebrities respond to the negative comments before they respond to your music changed my life. Watching your film changed the way that I raised my children. They kind of skip past those comments and go to the one that says your music is fucking trash. You're the worst actress I've ever fucking seen. I wish you would die. Um People put very vicious things. And I, so to me, I feel like when people say negative things about your craft and your work, there's a part of you that agrees with them. And that's why it's triggering. Yeah, that's the fear. That's, that's that fear. That thing that that was telling you, you know, it's not quite good enough yet. You know, just wait one month, you know, keep working on it. And then it's going to be perfect. And then you can put it out. And then people are going to love it. But right now it's not good enough and people are going to hate it. That's you go through all of that shit. That's literally the the fear in your head, because in your it's in your head, right? Then when you see it, it's manifest. It's personified. Yeah. it's manifested in in real life. Because you know how they're always saying, until you write it down, it's not real, right? And then they go back and forth, and you know they like to screenshot and throw it on the shade room as clap back. But really, to me, that was you identifying with that feeling that you had about your project. Yeah. Um, that you never tell anybody, you never say it out loud because people are people that, that immediately surround you are so proud of you. And they're like, it's amazing. You're amazing. They're filling your, your cup up with all of these good things. And then when you put it out there to the world and it gets shat on you, it gets what on shat, you identify with the negative thing. I told you I can't say it today. Saying. We went through a whole episode and I ain't say it. I can't stand it. <laughs> but that's what you're identifying with. You're not identifying with the negativity. You're identifying with the fact that you actually fucking agree with that. In this small level or somewhere deep down in your heart, you slightly agreed with it. Um, but that was that that part of you that was telling you that it wasn't good enough. Again, that fear-based thing. And so when you see it on your socials or 
or let's say that video like I do that I have so much content in my phone with videos or pictures or whatever and I'd be like you know I don't want to post too much because that's look I hate the way it looks when you post too much but then I don't want to post too less and it's just weird thing that you deal with with oh do I want to post this picture oh no 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 not not this picture let me try this one. Oh, let me throw a little filter on let me see how this looks okay now it's cute you and know. then you stare at it too long and it gets ugly and you like you know this ain't it. You ever heard the <laughs> saying, all the world is a stage? Yes. That has never been more prevalent than it has now. Right now. In this day and age mm-hmm. because of social media. Mm-hmm. All of the world is a You're literally on a stage mm-hmm. across social media. And everybody deals with that. Everybody. It's one of the reasons why I'm, I try to restrict myself on social media because because of those thoughts oh what if i what mm-hmm. if i do what if i face tune it which i don't but what if i add a filter to this oh i don't like the way i look in this oh i don't like this angle i know that it's just uh it's exhausting it's exhausting trying to curate the version of you you want people to, to perceive see. you exactly. as and that's really the core of it and 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 I'm not above it. Like I struggle with the same things, and because we're human, we're and we're fighting this same. We have more similarities, and even though sometimes I feel extremely racist <laughs> towards the whites, reasonably so, I feel like we are more alike than we're not. You know, being a human, we are more alike than we are not, and we are generally facing these same issues. Now there are people that don't give a fuck. And that will post their stuff up that look regular or raggedy or whatever because they are work they're operating in a more authentic place. But for people like me who honestly don't operate all the time in, the, in an authentic way, you struggle with how you want to be perceived. But the reality is, you that's not up to you. How you're perceived is none of your fucking business and it has nothing to do with you because you cannot control how How people people are going to see you. And I think that even with people who cheat in relationships and things go wrong in relationships, what you're asking is for someone to see you differently when you want them to accept you back, when you want people to forgive you, when you want people to see that you have changed, you want them to see that and you want them to get this vision of you or this view of you as being a certain kind of person. And let's say you did hurt somebody and let's say you are apologetic. You're asking that person to erase what you have done and replace it with this new image of how you want to be perceived. And again, we're the bad guys in a lot of people's stories. It's just the way that you're perceived. You're not always the good guy. You, you're not always the hero in somebody else's story. No matter how great of a person you think you are. You you're think not you've done your best. You go person, above and beyond. Yeah. You do all of these things and someone will turn right around and go, you know what? You know what she did to me? And she did this, this. And things that you don't even notice you've done to people, but they hold that to heart. And in their story, you're the bad guy. You're the negative person. You're the toxic person. And what I'm saying today is that that fear cannot control that any longer like I'm challenging anyone that's listening to the show is to really sit down and figure out the things that you actually fear homework and why do you fear it get to the bottom of what is that fear coming from a lot of fear that that people have comes from religion honestly I don't do this because I don't want to go to hell I don't want to be a bad person I don't want to Look, a lot I of that stuff is tied into that. What's this up? Week. I have a good question. No, I'm not going to say it now. I'm going to post it on our social media. Oh, okay. So, you know, 
Tune into the socials because we love to throw those questions out there because we love y'all responses and we do read them on the show. Listen, um, special shout out to everybody who, who is still DMing me about the Maca Potter mm-hmm. because they listened to the last episode. Got shout it. out to Vegan Trap Lord. My dog was like, you know what? Y'all are out here trying to help the niggas' relationships. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, we be dropping these gems every Chris. Thursday. Chris is amazing. I love Chris. Y'all check him out in Miramar. Go to um, Vegetarian Delight. Um, but everybody has been DMing me about this maca powder. Guys, I have not myself tried I have bought it. I'm about to go get some. I will try it. I did buy it. And I will keep y'all posted on the... I don't know who I'm going to use this on though but somebody's son we gonna figure it out we gonna figure it out but thank y'all so much for listening of course don't forget to follow us on all of our social medias it's at urban sweet talk podcast um don't forget to write a review and rate our show don't forget to listen catch up on some of our previous episodes someone actually reached out to me and was like they've heard our last few episodes but they want to go back and hear our other and i'm like oh all of our episodes are available on all of our streaming platforms and aren't we on iheart now Woo woo! So we're everywhere. All of we your are. favorite, favorite, favorite. We are. I'm hungry. I need to go eat. <laughs> all of our favorite streaming platforms. We are on all of them. We if are. you have a Google device, we're there. If you listen to iHeart, we're there. SoundCloud for the free, we're there. Spotify, we're there. iTunes, we're there. Everywhere, 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 everywhere. Don't forget to listen. Please rate. Please continue to give us feedback because we do appreciate. We take all of it into consideration. And thank y'all so much for listening. Thank you to everybody who tells us that they're listening. A few people reached out and was like, oh, God, I love your show. And I didn't even know you guys were listening. So we appreciate all of you. Thank you, Success, for coming. Yeah. For the very brief moments that we have. Mama Junior. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Final thoughts? I actually don't have any today. I think you, okay. you covered it with all of I the I do homework. have a quote, though, because I told y'all. Every yeah, y'all, week. Yeah, and I'm not going to be saying all the freaky shit before she puts all the intellectual quotes <laughs> out there. It God, be I mean. my bow on the present. The gift is out now. The quote is, the man who knows doesn't speak. The man who speaks doesn't know. Mm-hmm. That's from uh, Lao Tzu. And uh, yeah, go check that out. So again, hit me up on the Twitter machine at I am Queen T. I am Q W E E N T E E. Hit me up. Let me know what your fear is. Let me know if you're working on it. We would love to know. Um, hit up Marla and borrow a couple scoops of maca powder. And we will see y'all next week. Hey, somebody come help me take my hair out. Not me. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Baba, when you're born, 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 when